Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. We're back. We're back again. Hey guys, now we're just trying to get creative with these intros because we've stripped ourselves of our one of our one liner. I was thinking about that today as I went for a run earlier. I was like, well, don't don't we still want to say hi to them? (laughs) Hey guys. There we go. There we go. Yeah, welcome back. Season three continues. I love the energy and the flow and the direction that these conversations are headed in. It really does feel like we're embarking on just a new level of exploration, a new level of vulnerability, and a new level of courage. Yeah, really feels like that. Like we've each stepped into ourselves and our own power in a, in a deeper way and have gained so much more insight on our own healing journeys, on who we are. And we're grounded in ourselves more. So I feel like it's easier to speak from that place, you know? Yeah. It's a difference. And I've talked about like talked about this with clients before and maybe to you, but, and on the podcast actually, but it's a difference between vulnerability and authenticity where it doesn't, if you think about the word vulnerability, even though that's the word that we use most of the time, it has vulnerable in it. You know, if you think about an animal in the wild that, is vulnerable, that's not usually a good thing. It means that it's probably injured and it's vulnerable to predators, you know? But when you are grounded in yourself and you're sharing these things that society doesn't usually want to talk about out loud, or you're talking about quote unquote weaknesses, which is just really unhealed parts, but you're grounded in yourself and you're seeing them and you're knowing how to love on them, it's not quite so much vulnerable as it is just authentic. Mm-hmm. And with that beautiful insight, for those of you who are new to the podcast, I am Valentina Sinistera. I am a breathwork facilitator and the co-host of Pretty Mental. And I am Paula Sinistera. I am a psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, and the co-host of Pretty Mental. For those of you who are brand spanking new, we have a ton of beautiful episodes that I highly recommend you guys dig into. We talk about everything mental health from the perspective of being multi-dimensional humans on this earth, acknowledging the spirit, acknowledging the human. We dive into to everything and we are as real and raw with y'all as we can be. So welcome to the journey. And if you guys have been here with us for a while, we love you so much. You know this and we'll continue to tell you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today was a juicy, juicy podcast about relationships. We make so many facial features at each other as we're talking, <laughs> like cueing each other. I think when guests come on, they always crack up. We're like raising our eyebrows left and right, trying to, <laughs> to practice nonverbal 
communication cues. Or we'll be interrupting each other left and right, literally. Um, what did we talk about today, Paula? We talked about our own individual journeys in relationships, who we used to be, who what we've been working on, and who we are now. And what we're practicing now and the ways in which our journeys are very opposite and yet <laughs> quite linked in some root ways. Yeah, we came here to learn in two like very opposite ways when it comes to relationships. It's very, very, very interesting. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. in tune in before we jump into the episode we want to highlight our sponsor conscious conversion recently known as resonate with sarah conscious conversion is a holistic multimedia marketing agency for thought leaders of the new paradigm we love them because their main mode of operating which also filters out the clients they bring on is making sure that the message is in alignment with your mission in the world and that your mission in this world is in alignment with where the plan is heading right now, that your mission is here to help awaken the planet and move evolution forward. Whatever your offering is, they use Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram ads to cut through the clutter of the internet and amplify your message on a massive scale. They also offer organic social media, copywriting, and so much more. We'll link their website in the show notes if you guys are interested in more information. We highly suggest you check them out if your ears perk up when you hear this. We also want to highlight our second sponsor, Awaken Village Press, an indie publishing house who is here to awaken the planet one book at a time. Whether you are a current author or an author-to-be, Awaken Village Press is here to guide you every single step of the way from the idea stage to the publishing stage. We all have a message to share and Awaken Village Press is here to help you birth yours and bring it out into the universe. When we liberate our messages, we first liberate ourselves and then we liberate everyone else who comes in contact with our words. We are going to put all of their information in the links below in the show notes. So make sure to check them out. And now back to our episode. It is September 2nd, 2021. We are calling in our higher selves, calling in our ancestors, our angels, our spirit guides, calling in the divine feminine, the divine masculine, calling in the energy of love. And as we open ourselves up for this session, we open ourselves up to healing, to truth. We rise up to deeply meet ourselves and to shed and to release any energies that are not in alignment with the highest version of who we came to be in this incarnation. The portal is now open. Hello. <laughs> e money. <laughs> Valentina goddess. <laughs> Whenever we sign on to this recording platform that we use, it asks you to put your pronouns in there. And Paula's pronoun is money. So she is P money. And mine Ooh. is goddess. P money Val in the house. Valentina goddess. Mm. 
Today we are diving into, so we periodically ask you guys to give us whatever you want to hear because we want to bring you into this conversation as much as possible and anything you want to hear more of, anything that you're curious about, any personal questions you have for us, we are here for it 100%. We want to be super open. We want to be, we just want to walk this journey with you. (laughs) It also it also just makes the conversation more interesting because hearing back from you guys adds layers to what we're thinking through and we can work off of that and build this dialogue together. It does. And we recently had a beautiful community member ask us to step into the conversation of relationships. And when I first saw that, I was like, oh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> dang it. <laughs> asking you shall receive it's like god i just it's always a little bit uncomfortable because it's such a an intimate conversation even though we've kind of done one in the beginning about attachment styles and we talked about how our old attachment styles were um but i was also really excited because i'm like you know what it's time to for us to open up a little deeper because relationships are so much of what make us make up this world and intimate relationships of that and they are we've said it before they're like psychedelic journeys in and of themselves our partners are greatest mirrors because who we attract at that time is the energy that we're vibrating in it's no coincidence who we get with it's a direct mirror even our friends So thank you for submitting that beautiful request. I'm actually really excited to dive into today's episode because it really just weaves in so beautifully with everything that we've been talking about. So absolutely. And we've talked about relationships here and there, like we drop little, little pieces. (laughs) (laughs) We drop little, little crumbs here and there about what's going on. Um, and how we're moving through this, but in this conversation, we're mo- we're we're intending to move through it in a more concentrated way, and really deep dive into all the juice. juice. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like we definitely going to be speaking from our perspectives and leaving any names out. Any, you know, we got to speak with some level level of vagueness, just be out of respect for other people's anonymity. They yeah. didn't sign up for this podcast life. <laughs> <laughs> I am approaching it, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens as we start talking. Right. Let me stop. I'm really just trying to like talk. <laughs> We're procrastinating. So we, I'm like, oh, hours up. Gotta go. <laughs> Next time, y'all. <laughs> We're talking about what we're going to talk about. All right. Who wants to go first? It's been quite, <laughs> it's been quite a journey since our last podcast on relationships that I think it was called our journey to healthy relationships. We're, we're very much so on that journey, fam. Yeah. That, I mean, we're always going to be on that journey. That's a forever unfolding journey. It reminds me of this quote that I put up that you often, so often hear in the healing world, which is that healing is not linear more so a spiral and each time you come back to the same topic you understand it at new depths it's not that the topic gets irrelevant at some point or that you're completely out of that as long as you're in the human experience you're still going to be interacting with certain triggers or certain elements it's just the way in which you engage with them shifts over time 
And every time I feel like I understand something about myself, um, you know, a month later, it's like, oh, wow, no, <laughs> there was so much more to that. Mm -hmm. And what would you say, like, can you talk a bit about your relationship journey? So my, as I said in that podcast from forever ago, if you guys want to dig through the archives, my attachment style was historically very much anxious avoidant. And it came from a desire that that's associated with a desire to be a deep desire to be in connection while being absolutely terrified of connection at the same time. And the way and and so what i did is that i ran from connection for a very long time after going through a few relationships where i got too attached too quickly and got hurt then i took off running or then i had a couple relationships where my partners were very much devoted to me and I felt suffocated or it wasn't the right relationship. And I also ran from that, which now looking back, I'm like, that was a good thing that needed to happen because I mean, I don't know how other humans do this, but my twenties were such a shit show of deep self-exploration and uncovering so many layers of myself that I, I personally needed to go through a few relationships and be single and experience solitude and go through like the variety of all of that to understand all my deeper sides a little bit better. So now where I'm at, you know, I would say the anxiety is still there, especially when I'm getting to meet somebody new, I can definitely still feel that inner child like panicking a little bit, but the desire to run or be avoidant is not there anymore. So when you feel the panic or the anxiety, what is that? Like what's going on inside of you? I've realized, especially um, <laughs> recently, that it is a feeling of alarm in my body. It's kind of what Dr. Uh, Russ was saying that it's it's a panic. It's an alarm in my body. There's a part of me that feels like it's in danger when I am getting close in an intimate situation. You know, like this feeling of the possibility of abandonment being at every turn. Um, this is a really vulnerable podcast. Hope you guys get something out of this. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> We're doing this in vain. <laughs> the possibility of abandonment at every turn for that part of me. And I, 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 it really helps me to be able to speak in parts as I work with my clients because it takes away the shame or the fear of being like, yeah, this is what I'm struggling with because there's other parts of us that don't feel that. You know, there's other parts that are more healed, but there is a part of me that as I'm getting closer, starts to feel this sense of alarm of like, I'm gonna be abandoned at any moment. And the way that I am learning to move through that, the way that I would move through that in the past was through the avoidance pattern 
of that attachment, which was the panic is coming in. I'm going to be abandoned at any moment. Psych, I'm abandoning you before you can abandon yeah. me. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> I know it's horrible. That's horrible. But I mean, it's real and it's real. So no, many, it's real. It's real for so many. You I know? just have to say it's not funny out there because just in case anyone thinks we're psychos, they got to hear yeah. that little sentence so they can yeah. come back. um and that is how that was the first the initial strategy that I came up with for dealing with that panic in my body or just keeping things at such a distance so my relationships were very much this power and control situation and as I've gone on my healing journey as I've tapped deeper into myself that's no longer appealing because as, as I've gotten to meet myself more deeply in a more intimate way, in a more vulnerable way, as I've learned to hold myself more tenderly, I only want to engage with other people that are ready to show up in their humanity, in their full humanity. And that has nothing to do with power and control. You know, I think about my friends or you know, even the relationship that we have or with family. And it's just like, everybody just wants to be loved and be in community and let each other be seen. But we have to be able to see ourselves before we're willing to welcome that in another. You know, I think before I could see that in myself, I would either feel threatened by partners that didn't show up with that and then I would with run. their full authenticity? Yeah. Like they would show up more more like in a domination, you know, power thing. You know, in like the past. Yeah. Like they were courting me, but it was a very much um I would say playing the game kind playing of playing the game. Yeah, playing the game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like they're courting me and I, you know, I'll wait, you know, you call and then maybe I'll, you know, that whole thing. Um or if they did show up with that full authenticity, I would feel smothered because I hadn't met that in myself. So I just was not ready in any capacity to hold that in another human being. So I needed to go through my own personal journey of therapy, plant medicine. I mean, I remember when I first started going to therapy and I would cry I would literally take off my glasses because I didn't want the therapist to be able to see. Like, it was just so uncomfortable to let somebody see me in that much vulnerability. I had built so many uh, shells around me. But that was part of the healing is to, like, sit in the cringiness of those shells coming down and letting another human being hold you with tenderness um, in all your human frailty. And as you allow that and somebody else models that, for you as they did for me, I've been able to arrive at my humanity more lovingly and I can engage with potential partners from that energy as well. However, there's a part of me, like an inner child from where all of this came from that associated on some level connection with males with abandonment. And so now as I move through this or I allow myself to get closer to somebody, I literally have to, and in these past two weeks, this has been resonating on a whole new level, the whole how much anxiety really is just such a physical experience. 
I have to at times sit there with myself, put my hand on my heart and just breathe into that part of me and just let that part of me know that like, I'm not going anywhere that like I'm staying here and I almost, I just have to be with it. That's it. Have to be with it until at some point it learns to trust that I am staying here because I think like the initial abandonment comes from other people in our lives, but then the way that we continue to re-traumatize ourselves is that we abandon ourselves. And so then the whole thing feels really unsafe. So then it's not, it's, it goes beyond, oh, I'm afraid that this person's going to abandon me. It's at a subconscious level, your system recognizes, I'm afraid that this person's going to abandon me because at that point I'm going to abandon myself. And when this person abandons me, I'm going to become self-hating or I'm going to, you know, in the past, I'm going to go drink or smoke to like just not feel any of this, which is a major form of abandonment. And that part of you that just needs you to be with it is like panicking because it's like, oh, this is coming, you know? So for me, healing that recently has been about being with that part of myself through the anxiety and breathing into it and putting my hand on my heart. And, you know, sometimes if I need to, like I'll curl up under my covers, you know, like in the middle of the day, if I need to, it's like, no, okay. You want to go under covers? Like, we'll go, we can go lay there for 20 minutes or just do suit like self-loving things. Um, but just trying to stay with myself as much as possible while I give myself the opportunity to get to know somebody else. Rather than escaping when you feel the that your like soul is trying to leave your body almost. Yeah. You know, that's what anxiety sometimes feels like. It's like your spirit is rising up out of your body and you almost have to like pull it back down and ground it. Like ground back down. We are here. I will hold you. Entirely. Um, and like what you taught me through breath work has been helpful the processes I've done. And actually, it's really interesting, actually, the parallels between breathwork and IFS, internal family systems, which is um, a type of intervention that I've been using a lot now. And I started seeing an internal family systems therapist too, because I was so drawn to that type of work. I wanted to give it to people, but, you know, experience it for me. And when you are in an internal family system session, at least the version of the modality my therapist works in, which I've 100% adopted, you first, you tap and you close your eyes and you start scanning your body and you start looking for areas of your body that are just kind of tuning in and seeing if there's areas that are asking to be seen. So maybe like places in your body that feel really tight or even scanning your mind to see if there's patterns of thoughts that are really activated. So you're tuning in and seeing what your inner landscape is doing. And very quickly, especially if you have some meditative experience and, you know, at least for me, very quickly it starts, and even for clients that don't, most, I mean, pretty much everybody that I've worked with is able to very quickly identify, tap into that area of the body and start speaking from it. And as I've tapped into the part of me that can be goes into that place of like self-hating thoughts or self-abandonment, I at times that my therapist would be talking to me to that part 
and trying to like find solutions. And the more that we would engage in dialogue, the more that that part of me would find ways around it or that would come up with like new explanations or that it would get even more rigid or that it would be because those parts are protectors. Okay. That's the other thing I'll say that those parts of us that are rigid or that want to escape or that block people out or act in ways that are no longer helpful. They're trying to protect something in us. And for me, what I've just, they're trying to protect a part of me that is very innocent. You know, those are called the exiles. So those parts that became protectors usually very early on, like they're not going to let up easy. They're not, they're like, this worked for us. Like we kept that vulnerable part of us safe. Like you can't just ask us to back down. Yeah. Maybe there's been negative consequences to these behaviors, but it's, you know, in our, in, in that part of you's mind, it's kept it safe. And so dialoguing with that part wasn't always so helpful because it was so rigid and stubborn and like truly powerful. Um, but then my therapist would started saying like, send it some oxygen. And I started experiencing just sending that part oxygen, but in a different way than just like deep breathing. It became when you're in that deep state, it became almost this like stream of flowing water of like energetic love that was landing on that part and just helping it calm down. And so it was a purely physical experience. And I, that is something that I've learned that my protectors respond to, because if you try to engage with my protectors when they're activated, especially through a lot of words, it doesn't, they're very like, very intelligent, <laughs> find so many ways around it. So I have to go back into the body and help the body feel safe. And whether we want to personify it or not through the IFS metaphor, at the end of the day, it's just like this human animal. And for me, yeah, I mean, you know, the theme that has been going on, on our podcast for a while too, now it's like the body stuff is just it's been discovering that like, okay, I just got to help my body feel safe right now and being able to incorporate that stream of oxygen, but not in a way of saying like, hey, calm down, like calm down, you know, which is what it would have been before. What so many people think is like, take deep breaths, you know, before you know it, you're like hyperventilating, but more so putting your hand on your heart and gently breathing into that area from a place of nurturing, like, hey, I see you. You're allowed to be here. I am here with you. Like this oxygen is here with you. This essence is here with you. And those parts, when they feel seen and they feel loved, they eventually start to calm down. And sometimes, I mean, it it's a constant practice that you return to because depending how long the trauma has been there, depending how long those parts of us have been functioning in that way, they're very persistent. Like, you know comes back over and over again. Yeah, I can relate so much to that. It's very similar to breath work. I've been doing that with my clients lately where we do a body scan okay. and really tuning into what we feel. So if the, anything in your body feels like tension or a little hardened or it feels cold or it feels just focusing on like the temperature and the actual texture of something in your body. If it feels like prickly, you know, for me, a lot of my attention always goes to my womb. My womb always feels, not always, but when a lot, <laughs> it feels crampy. 
And there is no coincidence to that because as you know, if you listened to the last podcast, that's where I store a lot of my, my traumas. And it just shows you how powerful it is to connect to your body. And even what you do with, you know, now when you're meeting new partners, if you start feeling that anxiety, you come back into your body and you figure out a way to hold yourself. The same was for me. You know, I used to have really, really bad anxiety. And the first thing that I would do when I had, when it flared up was I would want to numb myself in some way. I would either dissociate fully. So I would stop feeling any sensations in my body. At that point, I didn't have any awareness of the the body. I would try to try to use the mind. I would try to talk my way into some semblance of momentary temporary peace. And I very much approach it like you now, where in moments of anxiety and moments where I feel like I'm being abandoned in moments where I feel like I'm abandoning myself in moments where I feel like the floor beneath me feels unsturdy. I take a really deep breath and I just fully drop down into my body and start feeling the places inside of me that, that are moving and I don't create narratives around it. I just literally sit with them. And that does a lot. You know, we often think that we, by coming up with some kind of narrative or some kind of conclusion for what's happening, that it'll help us ease the moment, but that's only giving us more words to, to play with. And that's not what we need in those times. What we need in those times is to really sit with ourselves and hold ourselves. And the the last meditation that I put out is fully that, by the way, if you guys want some practice with that. Yeah. Um, But I fully, thanks for being so vulnerable with your story. There were so many questions that I wanted to ask and then they just all flew away once you got to the end. Yeah. I mean, we'll circle back. I'm sure we'll, 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 there's more, there's yeah. Yeah. But like you, I can fully relate to the abandonment wound, which is again, if you heard the last podcast, how I managed that was to, to boundary up, but you and me were a little different. And this is what we were talking about before we started this podcast was I fully remember you. Okay. So it really clicked for me when you said that you, the anxious avoidant, which was your attachment style, you said you really desperately wanted connection, but, but what was it? But was terrified of it at the same time. But you were terrified of it at the same time. And I remember something that you would bring up to me all the time when I was younger. So when I was younger and for like, honestly, almost <laughs> for more than I was young, I was obsessed with my dad, obsessed with my dad. I would leave him love notes, little post-it notes on his bathroom mirror on in his office. I would surprise him at his office with his favorite coffee cake and espresso. I would draw him pictures. I would fully, fully how they say like your dad is your first love. My yeah. dad was for sure my first love. And I would always, whenever we were sitting at breakfast or dinner, I would immediately walk up to him and I would move his hands off of his lap to make room for me so I could sit on his lap. And I was a full on daddy's girl. And I remember you would get mad at me and or you would be get mad and you would be like, why does my dad show you more love than me? And I'm like, my dad, it's not that my dad shows me more love is that I walk up to him and make him give me love. <laughs> like I literally physically move any boundaries in the way of me sitting on his lap. Right. Yeah. And the do- if our dog was on his lap. I would push our <laughs> dog off. Yeah. And 
how that manifested with me and my relationships. I don't know what that's called. What is that attachment style? Well, I don't know. I guess like just before you move on from that story, just yes, relating, yes, yes. It, <laughs> relating it back to me. Yeah, that makes sense because it was like even even as a young child, I guess that was there that I want to be closer to to people I care about, to my dad in that situation. But going after it feels terrifying. Yeah. Like you wanted that love so badly, but you would like instead sit in place and harden up. That's so crazy. There was a time when um, <laughs> when I was little that they started, they would pick me up. <laughs> I remember doing this. They would pick me up and I would literally like make my arms go down as stiff as possible and my legs as stiff as possible. And my mom said I would turn into a little brick. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, why did I do that? But I guess it was like the beginning parts of like that situation happening inside of me, you know, like I loved everybody, but I was just like, <laughs> like, you can't You're like, carry me. love me, love me. Like, don't leave, don't put me down, but also like, get away from me, get away from me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that is like, just like the perfect explanation of, I think your attachment style and my attachment style. Yeah. That example. Yeah. With my dad. And yeah, because I mean, I think like romantically for me, it became even more polarized though, because it wasn't like, maybe I just wouldn't go after like my dad's attention. Um, but like romantically it became not only that I wouldn't go after, I would straight like run <laughs> in the exact opposite direction. So it was more polarized romantically, but that was, you could probably see the, you could see the initial seeds of it there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully. And same with me. So with me, I wanted to just give as much love as I possibly could at all times with with no boundaries. I mean, no, you didn't know that that was a thing or just you're, yeah, that wasn't a thing for you. Just what are boundaries, right? Like ideally we, you know, and I've talked about this with a few clients recently. It's like, ideally we live in a world, we could live in a world where everybody that shows up with that much love in their heart just gets to shine it and give it out unabashedly and everyone else can meet them there. But that's not the world we live in. And a lot of souls that come with like your type of temperament, you know, it just doesn't occur to them to expect no. that. It never occurred to me. It never occurred to me. Like for me, the need to defend myself or for me to put up any kind of wall was not in the sphere of my thinking. All I wanted to do was just liberate every ounce of love that I had inside of me. If I felt it, I would show it to everyone, to everyone, to anything, to any being, to any animal. And I I found myself in friendships where I, they were not great. <laughs> They were not great. I didn't put up many boundaries at all. And they were pretty emotionally abusive. And I remember I would have people around me talking about people around me telling me to like, hello, wake up. Do you not see how these people are treating you? And I would always want to, I would protect everyone with a golden sword. I would protect them and be like, no, this is just how they are. You know, maybe this is just because they went through certain traumas in their life. Maybe it's like they don't even know what they're doing, but this is just like who they are. Let, let them be. And I would get mad at everyone around me trying to warn me because for me that I felt like you're stumping, you're stumping the love essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, let me just love as hard as I want to, please. Mm -hmm. 
and how that manifested in relationships later on was I became like a full on mother who had boundless, infinite love. And I would try to protect and nurture my men at all costs. And at the cost of me, fully abandoning myself, fully being really, really afraid to state any of my needs for fear that they would leave. But the difference from you and me is like you would walk away and I would stay harder. Yeah. Like I would dig deeper roots in place. Yeah. We had like, we had polar opposite. Yeah. Responses. Whereas I, you know, if at any time I, if I was in a relationship that had a lot of love in it, you know, this is like, cause I've been in relationships that were just like, like very blatantly, clearly like you need to get out. And with those, I actually like, I, I think after a while I got out <laughs> and it's funny. I was talking to my side and I was talking to my mom the other day and she's like, if I had known half of the stuff that you went through in some of your relationships, I would have like pulled you out of that. And I'm like, you, it's so hard because I know how a mother, and I'll probably want to do that with my kids. Like we want to protect, but I think that's just also a lot of the journey. You can like a lot of us just have to get a little scratched up in order to learn these lessons for ourselves. I fully believe that everyone here is on their own journey and everything we go through is here to help us remember our and re remember ourselves and remind ourselves of who we are. So it's, I don't feel like anything that I ever went through was in vain. Yeah. Also like, if you had been pulled out of the front, I'm just thinking like when she said that you're like, that's exactly why you didn't get pre that information. Right. Um, because if she had pulled you out, I mean, she wouldn't have been able to, first of all, she wouldn't No, And it would have just been, it would have just been like, she is the problem now. Right. I think the yes. best thing that people can do for each other, if like you have a friend that you really care about that you see red flags in their relationship is if there's an intimate enough bond in that friendship is to listen and ask questions here and there, you know, which I think is like kind of like what we've always done with each other, which helps us see things at some point that it's like, oh, okay, you know, it is great to have somebody that you can have feedback with. But the moment that you feel like they're pushing your their agenda on you, you're going to close up. You will. And you're just going to give them less information. Yeah. So as, yeah. as objective as you can be with people you care about, as hard as it is, because like on the other side, you could be like, you know, I think like in some of your relationships for sure. Like, I mean, I saw things, but at the end of the day, I try to be respectful of that boundary. But yeah, I mean, as gentle as you can, as hard as it is to not want to to, to see things that what we think is red flags in a relationship, you know, also like judging from the outside in, you know, it's not always as accurate. Like at some point you got to let the people inside of it lead the way because that's who's in it. So as hard as it is to not jump in there to kind of keep that in check and still honor that person for the journey that they're on. And, you know, like your friends and the people that care about you will come if they feel that kind of non-judgmental energy that you're just For there sure. to talk about it. Yeah, because you were always really neutral with me. And for the most part, <laughs> as we grew up, and I felt comfortable being really open with you. 
because I know that you weren't going to make me break up with someone, quote unquote. Like my biggest fear was me being ripped away from my love Mm -hmm. and anyone else around me who would come at me with hard judgments about them. I would, I just was not having it. Like that was my man. Do not talk about my man that way, you know? Mm-hmm. And you don't know him. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. So I found myself having all like having needs and being afraid to mention my needs in relationship for fear that I would get left, for fear that they would leave, for fear that they would think that I was quote unquote crazy or quote unquote just just anything. I wanted to be as comfortable. I wanted to be as comfortable to them as possible so they could, so we could like keep the the boat sturdy. And even in situations where they would get kind of, where they would want to leave, where they were actually physically want to leave, I would, I would fawn. I would have the fawning mechanism, you know, fl- fight, f- fight. What is it? Fight, fight, flight, flight freeze, freeze or, or fawn. fawn. I would fawn which is essentially I would get like extra kind and extra sweet and extra small so they wouldn't leave. And I'm like, no, 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 you know, it's okay. Like we can just work through this. We can figure it out. We can, and I fully abandoned myself in every single moment that I did that. Every single moment that I did that. And where I'm at now, this is like one of my favorite things to say now is like, I will never abandon myself. I will never abandon myself. Where I am at now looking back at the the level of abandonment that I had for myself just blows my mind. Like, why did I feel the need to consistently protect the partners that I was with? Why? I don't know. Because I you really, just, maybe I should let you answer. For no, yourself. you can, you can, I mean, chi- please chime in. Like you, for me, you, I like your insight in this because you're a therapist and you can dig into this. And also you're my sister. So you have different a different insight that from things that I may not see or may not understand from a therapist's brain. Yeah. I mean, so you're saying like, why did I do that? Would well, I, I know I didn't want to be abandoned. Well, yeah, you don't want to be abandoned. And also it's like your natural temperament was to give love. And like, it, it just took a hard journey for you to realize like, it's so weird because, okay, theoretically we think like, okay, isn't that, isn't that what would be ideal? For all of us to just be giving love endlessly. And again, what I was saying earlier, it's not. And so what happened, because you got to, people are coming, walking on this earth with all kinds of unhealed traumas and and aspects of themselves that they're not looking at. And if you don't have boundaries, they're going to use you as an emotional punching bag. For some reason, that's just the way that chips, the chips tend to fall. And if you just want to give love as you did, right? Like uninterrupted. And then you see that person, a person responds in a way that is less than favorable, then it's very tempting. It's very natural to say like, oh no, like I just, I didn't love them in just the right way. Let me try loving them in this other way. And rather than they're being rude, I'm walking away like no this right is a- that was like my I would I would never think they're just being rude they're being this they're being that it was always like oh no they just don't see it they just don't like I would treat them like a child like a literal man child I would treat them like as if they were my kid like oh yeah. no they just don't understand oh no they just like they've been through a lot 
Yeah. And then what happens is that like you train yourself to have less and less needs. Less and less needs, dude. I was in a relationship. This is nuts, you guys. I was literally metaphorically tiptoeing and I was physically tiptoeing physically because my, yeah, I mean like that's just like where we were at at that point. <laughs> like it blows my freaking mind where I'm at now, where I'm at now. I, I made a promise to myself to never, ever, 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 ever abandon myself. And I have now, and I have woken up so much to who I am, to what I deserve, to, to my love, you know, to the, I know how much love I can give. I have so much love to give. It pours out of my cells and I want to give it. I want to give it as much as I can. But now I am like so discerning of who is actually going to get that. Like I still am going to love everyone, but the level of nurturing that I have inside of me and, and the level of, you know, everything that comes with being in a full relationship, I am just like eyes wide open at the next partner that I allow into my life yeah. with a very clear knowing of what my needs are and very and zero fear asking for my needs because I'm just like, I don't want like I'm not playing games anymore. I'm not, you know, if you don't want, if you can't meet these needs, it's not like this is saying anything about you. That's just not, you're just not my partner. You know, I think before where I would, when I would ask for my needs, I would be afraid that like, maybe they would think that they weren't enough, that they couldn't give that to me. But now, you know, I've built a full life for myself. I feel, I've secu I feel very secure in my life. I feel very secure about who I am in myself. I don't, like we were saying in that last podcast, we don't depend on men financially. Like women are a lot more free in that than sense. in that sense. So it's like, I don't need a man, quote unquote, but I still have that desire as a woman to be with a man. I still have that, that desire to potentially have a partner whenever I'm ready for that. I know that I'm not ready for that right now because I'm at a stage where I'm just like having so much fun learning about myself and so much fun learning about my needs and caring for me first and giving all that love to me first. But when I am ready for that, I am just fully aware of like, these are the things that you can, like if, if you want to hear me out and you want to come to me in a really conscious way and you want to come to me with mad respect, and a really strong character and strong backbone. And, and if you've established yourself in your life in a way that you have taken full responsibility of yourself, then yeah, let's meet in partnership. But like, if that's not you, I have needs and it's cool. Like we can be friends. Absolutely, we can be friends. But I'm just never going to put myself in a position again where what ends up happening for me because I will continuously give love, I will immediately get drained if I'm, if I'm in a partnership that is not very secure, where, where it's reciprocal, where they are conscious in the way that they communicate, where, you know, now if I have anyone in my life where they like threaten to walk away, because I used to have exes that would threaten to walk away and I would get so scared. And now I'd be like, please, <laughs> please leave, please. If you want to go, like, please leave. This is not, I am just not in that place. Yeah. We're in such, we're in such different relationship journeys on this earth. It's like my place is learning to stay. <laughs> that sounds so bad, but maybe not. Okay. I'm not going to say it sounds bad. It's I, know not that because I'm, I know I'm not alone on this. No. Like, there's a lot of us out here, <laughs> but my place is learning to stay. 
And I think because of that, probably that's the energy that I put out. I've never, that I can recall, had the experience of people telling me like, I'm leaving, you know? It blows my mind that I like that I had that with a few exes and then I had that with my plant medicine people. Yeah, that's why the, the guides. It's like it's so interesting. It was almost like I needed like that is one of the contracts that I came here to learn in this lifetime. Yeah. Was to be so secure within myself to know that 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 is why I don't feel threatened anymore. Where if someone were to come up to me and be like, I'm gonna leave for me, I like I am my own God. You know what I mean? Like I am my first love. I am my first love. If you leave, I am not going to lose anything within myself because I'm still here for me. Yeah. I've got my own back. I can hold myself before I had a little bit more. I wasn't as dependent on myself. I wasn't as independent. You know, I thought I wasn't, I was pretty independent always, but like I sourced a lot of my safety through giving love through well, through being, through like having a solid male figure in my life, yeah, that structure. And that is just not a need for me anymore. Versus for me, it would be like that avoidant part of me that, you know, it's a, a very anxious part, obviously, you know, it's the anxious avoidant, but the avoidance is another version of the anxiety. And so if somebody would I'm just thinking and I'm sure I'm sure I had arguments where I was like we're ending this you know it was almost like a relief to that avoidant part where I would be like oh by all means go (laughs) this solves everything I no longer have to sit with this anxiety and so now it's like learning to stay you know learning that I can keep myself and I'm still going to be with myself even when I'm with people. I think there's been that sense of like, I'll lose myself or my sense of safety when I let somebody into my intimacy. But as I'm learning to feel safe, deeply safe within myself, it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> you can come into my shell. I will share my shell with you, you know? Um, it's funny because my moon is a cancer. Mm. Um I'm like, you know, I'll share my shell with you, but I'm still, my shell is sturdy and like, it's fine. You know, I'm, I think it's the difference between attachment and connection is also a part of this. It's so interesting that we really are on such two polar, polar, polar journeys. (laughs) Yeah. It's wild. And it's also, we can talk about it later on. I mean, we don't have to talk about it now, but that's also manifested in your and my relationship as well. Totally. I think we can, how we approached each other. Yeah, we can definitely bring that in at some point. Even more juice for you guys. You get into even sibling. more juice. <laughs> what really goes on behind the scenes? <laughs> We're not as perfect as you think. <laughs> sibling dynamics. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I I've seen sibling dynamic challenges across almost every family that I've encountered. I've actually, I've had friends ask me like, hey, can you guys talk about resolving sibling dynamic challenges on the podcast? I'm like, yeah, that can, you know, when I tell my friends that the way that you and I deal with each other, like communicate with each other, has it time when we're going through challenges, has it times been like, I don't, you know, we're not seeing eye to eye. (laughs) 
but respectfully <laughs> we will allow our, <laughs> respectfully we will allow each other this space but we know that <laughs> there we has still... <laughs> to be so much respect <laughs> paul and respect. i literally go into like primal mode and when we argue it's not great there have, we have to approach each other like two lions in the wild that like just deeply honor each other's other's status in the jungle (laughs) yeah (laughs) we've gotten better at that though i think you know i think there's definitely been so much softening around that so much definitely and you've definitely challenged me in ways that nobody else has been able to which is wild i think that goes back to like this the when you say like twin flames you know i think I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into this, but when do we want to talk about? I don't know. What we're at like forty-eight minutes now. All right, you going? Should we put it for the next one? I'm sorry, you guys have to be on this cliffhanger thing with us. Should we just end the relationships one this time? Yeah, maybe we should just end relationships, and then we'll the next one we can do. We can dive into us. So now you guys know. Tune in to the next solo. Yeah, I mean, there's romantic relationships, but there's also like friendship relationships and there is family relationships. And I would say that like of all my relationships, for me, it might not be for you because you've you stayed in it for, with so many, you know, but like because you're my sister, you're the one person that I've no matter what been like, oh, <laughs> like this is this is here. <laughs> like this isn't, you know. What do you I, mean? Like, I got to face into this. I got to face into whatever. Oh, because I'm not leaving. You're not leaving. Like, I got to face into whatever it is within myself that is bringing blocks to this. Because, like, th- that that's there's only one route. Like, like we can't get divorced. You know, like, we're not going to. And I think we know. I mean, I know deeply that this relationship is so valuable but I would say it's the first relationship that I've felt that level of like, I'm going to really challenge myself in whatever blockages I'm feeling at a level that is throw up worthy. <laughs> <laughs> so that I can stay. Mm-hmm. So it's been a good yeah. teacher. It's been a good teacher for my romantic situations as well. Oh, I think they blend completely. I think they completely blend. I guess, you know, as we're finishing up this podcast, I do just moving forward how how I approach anyone that I'm potentially going to get into a partnership with is, you know, they always say, pay attention to the red flags from the beginning, right? They like always, people always say that. And because those are the things. My mom would always tell me like the things that, you know, are there in the beginning, they're going to, they're going to be there in the end. Those are, they're not going to leave. So stop closing your eyes to them. And that's a real thing. It's a real thing. And I, like I said in the past, whenever there would be anything that would, I didn't want to bring anything up because I didn't want to rock the boat because it meant that then that would be the end of us. Me bringing up my needs meant the end of us period. And where I'm at now is just like, so again, I am here for me first. I hold myself first. I will cradle myself first. Like I do what you do, Paula. I literally, I literally like shake things out like an animal. Whenever I, there's like an energy inside of me that I 
feel uncomfortable or like anxious with. I literally, I wish you guys could see me like shake my hands. I like move my body. And that's literally what an animal does to get rid of any pent up adrenaline in their body that no longer serves a purpose. Yeah. And I hold myself. I, I, I talk to myself like a child, like I am here for you. Like, don't worry. I, you, I will never abandon you. I will never abandon you. I will, I won't abandon you even for you. And that is a, that is a meditation that I say to myself. And I said to myself a lot in the past as well, where I would like name specific people. Like I will not abandon myself for this person. I will not abandon myself for this person. I won't even abandon myself for you, Valentina, not the human you. Like I won't because I can try to abandon myself. You know, like, does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because even when I am, you know, I have certain protectors that play that inner critic role that are very much present. And then those parts could lead to self-abandonment, but now I'm learning to step into this like greater mother energy for all my parts. And so like, even if there's parts in me that feel unlovable, like even then still staying with whatever is there. That's how I interpret that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I would also say, you know, to anyone out there, mm-hmm. if you are in relationship with anyone who calls pieces of you out and basically makes them unacceptable, leave. Like seriously, leave. That is- or you know what? Okay. Maybe, I don't know. It's like therapist. Do they have a conversation? Yeah. Maybe always, always approach it. Like have a conversation. If it's worth if it's with someone that you actually deeply care for, you can have a conversation of, hey, I don't know how that's going to – but oh, shit. At this point, I would leave. I would fucking leave. <laughs> Honestly, though, that is the number one – that is something that I see showing up uh, in the pattern of people that come into relationship with that pattern that you had of unconditional love no matter what. When you show up with that energy without boundaries, you tend to hold space for people that aren't fully healed because you're not vetting people. You're not vetting people. Mm -mm. And when those kinds of people that tend to get like drawn into those deep unboundaried empaths, those kinds of like the pattern that shows up is that often it is tends to be an abusive type of individual that doesn't take responsibility for their own emotions and the name calling or the labeling or the belittling goes hand in hand with that pattern. And at that point, yeah, I mean, that's emotional abuse, you know? Yeah. I just like, I don't even know if it's worth the conversation because I'm thinking back to the times that I dealt with that. It blows my mind where I'm at now and what I dealt with. Yeah. It blows my mind. Like, I feel like I am two completely different people and like not even that long of a time span. Yeah. When it comes to the self-respect. Yeah, Yeah, it's wild. It's like two timelines of you. It's like I once you I woke up and that's it. I just I can't unsee it. I'm here now, you know? Like 
And when I think about the relationships that I was in where I was called a child, where I was called, you know. Too much this or too much I was that too, mu- yeah, too I was, little that or not enough this. Could I just ha- – why did I have to talk about healing and like psych- psychological things all the time? Why did I have to like go so deep? Why did I have to not be deep enough? All the shows that I watch are just so light and fluffy. Like don't you have any depth? And also like why do you always go so deep when you talk and why – do you like stop dancing like that? It's like sexual. I don't want people to see you. And like, I, I was an ant. I became an ant by the end of it. I yeah. completely, I had people around me making comments of like, you have, you are a watered down version of yourself. Like, where did you go? Yeah. And the crazy thing is that people that are unboundaried moving with that much love and like you you are now too like very loving person you'll probably you'll go into a room and shine and love on people and all that now you have boundaries around it but when you don't again you're not vetting people and there's a lot of toxic people i mean that's a very overarching term that's misused a lot of times but there's a lot of people that haven't done their work that are like that person is full of joy. That person is full of love. I'm not happy inside. Let me get some of that. And so in the person without boundaries is like, yes, let me, let me love on you. Let me love on you so much. And it's okay. However you show up, like I'm still here. And what ends up happening is they're drawn in by that. But then as soon as they have you, they feel threatened by that. The same thing that drew them in becomes the biggest threat because now their insecurities are coming to the light. Those same insecurities that they were hoping would somehow disappear if they could become one with you didn't because that's not how it works. So now what's happening is that the contrast between their own shadow and the unhealed parts of them and the love and light that's shining from you gets louder. And then they want to the, since they, they, they're they not in the pattern already of taking responsibility for their emotions, they're going to try to deal with that by pushing you to get smaller. Literally, that is what happened with me. Where I, the things that would attract me to certain partners and they would call it out was like, you are just so light. You are so happy. You are so loving. Like I love being around your energy and this and that. and And then deep into the relationship, it became stop shining so bright, like calm down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stop giving so much love. Stop being so free. Stop allowing yourself to move in a big way. Yeah. And what ended how I was, was, I mean, literally everything I just said was, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. Sorry. I didn't know that like I was hurting you. I didn't know I was hurting you. I didn't know I was making you feel bad. That is not my intention. I will make sure that I, you know, stop talking about this. I'll make sure that I don't bring this up again. I'll make sure that like, I don't dance in public. I'll make sure that I don't do this. I'll make sure until you get to the point where you're like, who the fuck am I? Literally why that phrase empathy without boundaries is self-destruction because you're literally making yourself disappear. It's wild. And it, this isn't at all. I am a very self-responsible person too. And I will never claim victim mode. I fully... I was going to say the shadow, it was the shadow side of that self-responsibility yeah. though, right? Yeah. That, that's, so that's where this all gets kind of tricky. This is where it gets tricky. Because it was yeah. the shadow side of that responsibility is kind of what kept you back then 
because of that, because of that willingness to take responsibility for the whole situation and be like, if I just love differently, this person will be okay. Or if I show up differently, this person will be okay and end up going to the extreme of no boundaries, you know, versus for me, I probably, I had too many boundaries where I was just like, "Mm -mm." everybody approached me in the exact perfect way so that I am comfortable, right? Which is part of that like running, you know, it's like when you say look at red flags, I have to take that, but I also have to like keep that in perspective. No, for you, I'm like, Paula, tell me some green flags. Let's celebrate this. Tell me some green flags, girl. (laughs) Let's go to pink flags before we get to the red, for real. There, right? That's where there's nuances in this because I'm like, don't give that void and part of me. That's like asking it to have a field day, you know? And like, <laughs> I'll tell you the red flags. <laughs> do you, how much time do you have? Um, that's why where there's so much nuance in this. That's why, you know, hopefully as we talk about this, you guys get something out of it. And our contrasting experience helps everybody realize that when you hear relationship advice or see relationship advice, You got to filter it through your own attachment style and through your own experiences because you can't give me the same advice you give Valentina. Hell no. Or giving Valentina advice that I need is like, you know. Does not work. Tragedy. Like it just does not work. Very different journeys. It is so interesting how that, I mean, you guys heard it in real time. As I was about to say, I'm a very self-responsible person. You heard the shadow of that though. It's very much me taking responsibility for me and them. For everything. Now that I have healed some, I will bring back my my self-responsible statement. I am a very self-responsible person. You know, growing up, I've always been like this. My first thing is, and as you, you know, there was a downside to it, but if there was anything that was going wrong, I would look at me first before I would bring anyone else in. Like, what, what part did I play into this? What was I triggered with? Is that a projection of mine? Is da, 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 da. But when I was in those relationships, I don't, I think that I also came in with some toxic quote unquote parts too. You know, I never believed that I was in a place of victimization. I was not a victim in any of this, of any of like the emotional abusive relationships that I was in or whatever they were. I had to learn those lessons to get to where I am now. And I believe that really was fully my journey. And also I know that my behaviors were fully enabling that relationship because had I stood up for myself, not abandoned myself and decided to state my needs and stick with myself, the relationships would have crumbled earlier and I would have moved on, right? It was because I was refusing to take full responsibility of my self, like my safety was not in me. My safety was in other people. My safety was in partnership. And I just, I couldn't see that. I couldn't, I was too afraid to, to take full responsibility. Cause again, I thought that meant that left. I just wanted to put that out there because I never ever want to come from a place of like blaming anyone. And that's probably not even what it sounded like. No, but it's just like evidence that the fact that you wanted to clarify that is just evidence of how much that is a part of your temperament. I think that, I mean, it, it didn't sound like that to me anyways, but I what I would probably say to people that, you know, if you're in a place in your life and in your healing journey where you're acting from a place of a lot of self-responsibility, 
um, whether you've arrived. She's like, and with that, let me throw out a warning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, whether you've arrived there through inner work or whether that's your temperament, probably a good measure to just make sure is that whoever you're engaging with is also doing that. Then you're yes. safe. Then you're yes. safe. Because it's like, if I can show up with all the full responsibility, but if I'm not vetting my potential partner, making sure that they're also demonstrating kind of equal levels of self-responsibility, that's when it can get tricky. So if you just look out for that, like, you know, because again, you don't want to become scared of your self-responsibility, right? No. Or just like everything can go to the extreme. But I think that that's a good kind of simple way to balance it out to just say, okay, well, be all the self-responsible you want, but also make sure that the people that you're bringing that quality up with are doing the same thing and meeting you there. Yeah. And more than just acknowledging their wrongdoings verbally, like make sure that the actions, the intentions and the words all match up. There's one thing about being like, oh yeah, you're right. I fucked up. And then the, the, the behavior continues to happen. It's good to feel heard, but like, do you actually feel seen? Are they actually mirroring their new level of consciousness? Oh yeah. That's Very really, important. really, really important. Very important because we can fall. Words are easy to fall in love with. We're verbal creatures. Mm-hmm. And I fully know part of why I am really loving being single right now is because I'm still like undoing a lot of this stuff. I, if I were to get into a partnership right now, I, I think I would end up feeling suffocated because I'm, I'm still trying to hear my own thoughts. Like I'm still trying to let myself know what, like I do feel very much secure within myself, but I want to like solidify that too Mm -hmm. (laughs) before I find myself in a situation where unconsciously, because I don't even realize when I'm doing this, I unconsciously place myself second for like trying to understand and love that person. And I fully like Paul and I were cracking up on the phone the other day because like, I mean, my, it just, my mom with my mom and like Bella, our dog, dog. we're we're like, just like my mom with this. Like we, we will literally, we'll find things to love. We will find all the good qualities and we will hype them up and we will put them on a pedestal. Of the most Maybe, like, eccentric situations, you in know. The most eccentric situations, yeah. Whereas, like, what was the thing with my mom the other day? Yeah, so like, I'm like, this is just to the epitome of like, this is who we are raised by. That I'm sitting in the car with them. Um, I think we're going to Lake Lanier, and Bella, this dog. We've talked about Bella before. The foster that my ended up becoming my mom's dog started as Valentina's dog. Anyways, she has a barking issue. Where she's this little dog, but she gets into She's a these, bully. She's a total bully. She gets into these um bouts of aggression. And when we're driving, she just pokes her head out the window and whatever car comes by, she'll just be like, like almost foaming at the mouth. <laughs> like foaming at the mouth. Crazy. And I'm like, I think somebody was like, like, get, make her stop. And my mom's like, no, no. I love letting her explore this part of her personality. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I heard that. And I'm like, that is who I am, mom, as well. Like, this is the the value in even in that. We like the silliest, weirdest parts. I'm like, explore. Yes. 
let's blow it up, expand, <laughs> be more yeah. of that. Be, don't let the world <laughs> tell you that you can't be that. And then I'm like, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. Valentina, like, are we, are your needs being met? Hold up. <laughs> right. Like, is this somehow grounded within, you know? Right. So clearly we're all still on the journey as well. Totally. Wow. Let us know what y'all think. If you have any follow-up questions, we can continue to just like weave these into our conversations. Tune in next week for our sister solo. I think next week, depending on if we tune in in the very near future for <laughs> our sister solo. Yeah. Wait, yeah. About, about our sister dynamics. Oh, okay. I thought you were telling them about like a solo that was coming out soon. I'm like, I'm so confused why you're public, why you're promoting a solo in a solo. <laughs> okay. I meant to say sister dynamics. <laughs> I was like, huh? Okay. Yes. That one will be an interesting combo. Get ready. I hope you, this conversation served you guys in any way. And if you loved it, we would love if you guys would share it with someone, send it to someone who maybe needs to hear any of the words. Maybe there's someone in your life that's just like me or someone in your life that's just like Paula and our words would reflect back to them, maybe some insights that would help them on their journey. Totally. Yes, we did it. We, we did it. Did it. <laughs> Unscathed. Yeah, we pulled through that, you know. We did through that. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you so, 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 so much. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for being on this journey with us. Thank you for engaging with us. We would not be doing any of this without you. I heard on a call the other day with Kimberly Johnson, who's a somatic, um, I don't know if she's a somatic therapist, but she works with somatic therapy. So that may make her one. I don't know. So somatic saying, healer healer yeah she was on the we were on a call and she was saying she's like this call is a nervous system in and of itself and i'm like oh my god pretty mental is a nervous system Ooh, i love that thought right it's a beautiful thought it's beautiful and i'm like i like i love that and pretty mental is its own nervous system and we want to feed it with as much love and as much healing and as much devotion as possible and hopefully, you know, that seeps into you guys and that seeps into the collective and that seeps into, you know, for all of us to remember to never abandon ourselves, to respect your needs, to to don't abandon yourself even for yourself. That's the one that's the one link between our two journeys. It's different mm -hmm. forms of self-abandonment, but it's, you know, what we're healing is self-abandonment at the end on the journey mm -hmm. to relationship, like whether that shows up as the fawning over attached version or the anxious avoidant, it all comes back to that self-attachment. And I'm sure I, if you boiled most relationship things down, it would probably be that. I mean, truly. I, yeah, I would venture to say. Like I'm trying to think of the conversations sure. yeah, that I have with my friends and like what their fears are. It all takes different forms and shapes, but at the end of it, all of us are just like, either I'm going to leave you before you leave me or I'm going to leave. Da -da -da -da. Like it's all just figuring out how to stay safe and not be left. So anyway, we're not going to leave you guys. We're here. <laughs> Come keep hanging with us. Mondays at 6 a.m. EST. We love you guys so much. Los queremos mucho. 
Los queremos mucho. And remember that all parts of you are welcome here and loved here. Bye. Peace out. Mwah.